Colleagues, welcome back to the office and welcome to our podcast and presentation for today. My name is Steve Yoss. Welcome back to my office. This is Bringing Artificial Intelligence to Your Organization, Part 3. In this series, we have been examining some of the different ways that artificial intelligence can be used in your organization. There's lots of opportunities. In episode one, we looked at what AI is and some of the major components of what artificial intelligence is capable of doing, as well as looking at some of the interior technologies that make AI possible, including things such as machine learning, deep learning, neural networks, and more. We talked about the impact with respect to how statistics and uh, um, reliability in terms of uh, how some of these technology operates. In the second episode, we talked about some of the trends that are occurring inside of AI, as well as the role of AI and automation. We took a look at how uh, AI and automation are going to be affecting the world of tomorrow, specifically looking at whether or not AI is going to have a material impact on uh, business culture and whether or not it's going to be affecting the economy and people's jobs. Short story, it is, but not in the way you think. We also took a look at how AI tools exist in some of the major products and services that you're using today. Uh, some of the major uh, web components, some of the how AI technology is being used by some major vendors, how you could use AI in your accounting program, in your audit program, how you can use automation and AI tools to write better copy for your blog articles or your marketing emails and more. And today, where we are going to pick up is in the part of the conversation where we look and talk about how AI tools are being leveraged and used inside of Microsoft technologies. And I've got three of you, uh, three things for for us to look at today. Microsoft Excel, Microsoft Power Automate, and Microsoft Power BI. These three tools, in my opinion, are probably the pinnacle of business productivity. We use them for... Um, so many different capabilities and, and functions, uh, including you know creating reports and pivot tables uh, inside of Excel or creating dashboard reports and insight in Power BI or now with Power Automate being able to push data from, from one system to the other relatively automatically. So we're going to start our journey today taking a look and talking about some of the AI components of Excel. Then we're going to go ahead and take a look at Power BI and then we'll finish with some Power Automate. And I'm hopefully going to give you some tips and tricks on how you could leverage these AI and automation tools correctly in each of these applications. And if you haven't used, I'm sure most of you have been using Excel for years, but if you haven't checked out Power BI or Power Automate yet, hopefully this will give you some inspiration on why and how you can use these incredible business technologies inside of your business. Now, before we get started today, I do want to remind you that our podcasts are available twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays, coming to you live uh, as a webinar webcast product, but always available to you for free after that webinar date. Uh, And if you happen to be watching or listening after our broadcast, maybe you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, as a reminder, you can earn credits for watching or listening to today's presentation. It's super simple. After watching or listening, head on over to CPE today and find our course. Uh, Our course code is WAI3. Again, that is WAI3. And you will find our podcast for today. You'll take a short five-question quiz and then earn a credit uh, for watching or listening. 
And in fact, if you're a new watcher or listener to the CPE Today podcast, thank you so much for being here. It is our privilege and honor to have you. Why don't you go ahead and have a free credit on our on us? Go ahead and use coupon code One Free Podcast to check out for a free credit of whatever class you'd like. Maybe this class or something else. So we're going to go ahead and get into it today. So please stick around. We've got so much great information and knowledge coming your way. So as I mentioned, we're going to go ahead and start here in the Microsoft world, specifically with Microsoft Excel. Uh, There are lots of AI tools and capabilities around us and so many different applications and products. But the Microsoft product, I think, has a Microsoft ecosystem, I should say, probably has a soft spot for all of us, uh, considering it's so ubiquitous, so widespread. Most of us are using Windows machines. I would say pretty much uh, most of us are using the Microsoft Office suite of products. Uh, You know, I mean, it's been, uh, I would say, the business standard when it comes to this type of technology for for decades at this point. And these tools and products do not uh, sit still. I mean, they've constantly been improved and updated by Microsoft over the years, adding so many features and capabilities that if you haven't looked at them recently, or if you're not actively looking at some of the new features and functions that are brought in, I think you're really missing some major opportunities. And again, we're going to be looking at Excel, Power BI, and Power Automate. These three capabilities, uh, these three programs and platforms offer you so many unique capabilities that uh, I think you're going to gain a lot of functionality by leveraging these tools effectively. So let's start. go ahead and start off with Excel. And again, Excel is the Swiss army knife of business. Most of us are using it every day, all day for so many different um, things inside of our organization. And there's lots of um, functions and features inside of Excel that really extend the platform and give us a bunch of AI and automation capabilities. We're going to be looking at today a couple of different things, some of which I'm just going to describe and some of which we're going to go ahead and demonstrate. Uh, but we're going to start with taking a look at the ideas, insights, or analyzed data. They're actually all the same thing, but uh, depending on what version of Excel, it might be called one or multiple of these different things. It's just they've changed the name of it a few different times. We're going to take a look at data types in Excel, which are dynamic arrays, which allow us to be able to pull in real-time information on geography, as well as um, financial information, and even information from Power BI and more. I'm not going to demonstrate this to you because it's not easy to be able to do unless we're in person, uh, but insert data from picture, which is a pretty cool capability where you can actually take data Um, from like a printed piece of paper, take a picture of it with your camera phone and turn it into a table inside of Excel. Pretty cool. We'll talk a little bit about dynamic arrays, uh, although we might save that for another presentation here, just depending on how far along we get, as well as uh, flash fill and power query. So these are the things that we're going to go ahead and talk about, and let's go ahead and get into it. So the first feature I want to talk about today is going to be the ideas um, functionality of Excel. And as I mentioned, this has changed names a few different times. Um, So it's in the originally it was called ideas. Then it was kind of transitioned into insight. Now, at least at the current version of Excel, at the time of this recording, it's called Analyze Data. 
And analyze data gives the user the ability to be able to ask questions to the data and have the data come back and speak to you. And you could ask it questions through natural language, meaning you could just say like, hey, how many of X are in my data? Or what is the total of Y in my data? And it can also create high-level visual summaries, helping you identify patterns, trends, and other components inside of your data set. Uh, and what's really cool about this is it really requires absolutely no work on your part to get your data ready to go to use this tool. It's not like with a pivot table where you've got to you know, do some pre-qualifications to get your data around uh, and to get it ready for formatting inside of the tool to be used. Here, uh, you just dump your data in and it's just pretty much ready to go. Now, I will point out there are some information with respect to the data that if it's not formatted correctly, I think that uh, it'll cause you some issues later on. So, you know, there are better data than others, but I think for the most part, uh, it just kind of figures out what you've got and, and will make the best of any situation. Ultimately, it's going to try to return back questions to your answers. It's ultimately going to try to return some visuals uh, that you can potentially use. So to leverage this incredible tool, all you really have to do is just have data available for you to work with. Let's go ahead and switch over to Excel here and take a look at how this tool works. Now, I am in Excel here, and if uh, for those of you who are uh, have purchased our course here, I'm going to point out there are a series of sample files that are available to you that we're going to go ahead and work with today. And don't forget to download those, and you can follow along with me and try this workout for yourself. Uh, and again, that's a really good reason to maybe consider getting credit for today's class because with your purchase, you get access to the presentation, you can ask questions. And in today's case, we have sample files that are really going to help reinforce some of the skills that we're talking about. All right, so we are in our analyze data, and I'm going to go ahead and get started with this information. Now, you don't have to do this with most of these tools that we're going to talk about today, but I'm going to tell you it's going to make your life a lot easier what you're going to want to do really nine times out of 10 in Excel, and for me, it's 100% of the time now, I always turn my data into a table. And you're going to see me do that a lot throughout these presentations coming up here uh, because there's so many benefits to making your data a table uh, above and beyond the actual function that we're going to be working with. It, it allows for the data to automatically extend if there's new records or contract if records go away. It auto-replicates formulas. It makes referencing things easier. We can use structured references where we can reference the name of the table and the column instead of where the data is positioned and so much more. If you're not using tables, please consider checking that out. And if you check out the CPE Today podcast, we've got a free one, a couple of free ones, just talking about the merits of tables. It's how much I love this feature so much. I've created episodes just on it. Now, turn your data into a table. Really simple, just as an overview for, for those of us who might need a quick refresher. Come on over here to the insert menu and go ahead and hit the table button. Or you can use the shortcut control T. Just make sure your active cell, whatever you've got selected here, is somewhere in the middle of the data. And if you hit that control T, you'll see it'll pop up here. This uh, create table dialog. Always a good thing to make sure that your data has headers here. You just go ahead and hit OK and it will go ahead and create a table for you. There we go. So now that our data is a table, we're going to come over here to our home ribbon 
And from our home ribbon on the far right hand side of our home ribbon, you'll see we've got this option that says analyze data. Again, depending on what version of Excel you have, it might say ideas, it might say insight, but if you're running the modern version of Office 365, you'll see this analyze data present. So we're gonna go ahead and click this. And once that does pop up here, it's gonna give us a new uh, panel that will go ahead and slide out and it will give us some opportunities to be able to work with our data. Now, if we hover over here under Analyze Data, the first thing you'll see here, it says, ask a question about your data. So I could start to write a question out about our data and it'll attempt to answer it for me. It'll even show us right here how some suggested questions might be structured to kind of give you a sense of how you should ask a question. But it's pretty good uh, at figuring out what you want and even for a neophyte that maybe isn't really familiar with how to you know, write questions for computers to understand, if you just generally give it a pretty good sense of what you're looking for, it's gonna find it. So if we came over here and we just say, uh, you know, how many orders do we have? Okay, you'll see here, it will give us a Summary, so showing a distinct count of order ID. So in this particular table, there are 2,192 orders. And in fact, if we come over here and highlight our, um, our column for order ID, if we come down here at the bottom, you'll see the count, it says 2,193. Well, it's counting the header row as well. So in fact, there are 2,192 um, orders. So it can answer questions like that, which is pretty nifty. Now, it can also provide some different insights to your data that might not otherwise be easily knowable. Now, to be fair, if you're a power user inside of Excel, you're probably going to find this kind of uh, simple. To be fair, you're probably right. Um, but you will see that there are a variety of different types of visualizations that you can consider, including some pivot tables, some uh, charts, some graphs. Uh, that you can choose to do. And all you really have to do here is go ahead and hit that insert chart and it will go ahead and create that chart for you. So it'll actually do the heavy lifting. Now, for me, what I think is really kind of cool about this is that it gives my users and my company, and my clients, my colleagues who maybe aren't as powerful as Excel users, it gives them a running start. And it's a great way of being able to create some visualizations that would otherwise be difficult for some users. Okay, now some are more useful than others, but you can kind of play around and find the ones that work for you. This is very similar to the functionality of insert recommended pivot tables, which if you come over here to the insert menu, smack dab in the middle of the work group here of tables, you'll see this option. It's very similar to that. So that's a little bit about your insights or your ideas section. The intention of this is, is to really just kind of give you some easy, quick ways to be able to analyze your data. Uh, again, Microsoft's uh, Excel is doing the analyzation for, anal analysis for you. Come on, use good words here, Steve. Uh, and it's doing the heavy lifting, which is pretty nifty. So let's move on to our next AI capability inside of Excel. So our next AI capability that we're gonna talk through here is going to be the data types inside of Excel. And the data types inside of Excel allow us to be able to fetch uh, dynamic data coming from one of three positions, okay? It can come from either financial data that's coming from a variety of different sources through Microsoft's um, 
I'm going to assume some sort of um, connection that they've created with some sort of financial reporting entity. Uh, we can get geography data that's coming from the Census Information Census Bureau. It's also coming from Wikipedia and others. And in the most recent version of Excel, they've also added the ability to be able to pull data out of Power BI using their featured data sets. Uh, we're not going to talk about that specific one today, but we are going to go ahead and talk about the ge geography as well as the finance type of data. So with the geography type of data, we can put in a city, a state, or a country. Um, and I will point out this is both domestic and international. So you can use this for, you know, provinces and territories in Canada, as well as in other countries as well. So it recognizes it. So, but just think it can go small, medium, or large. So it can go the city level, small, the state territory level, which is medium or country large. It'll dynamically pull data down from those sources. Uh, likewise, you can also use this for publicly traded financial companies and pull information about those companies into your analysis. So let's go ahead and take a look at how this works. Alrighty, so we've got uh, a spreadsheet here of uh, geography information. We've just got cities. And we'll do this also for countries too, so you can get a sense of some of the data that can pull out. And what we're gonna do here first is again, turn this into a table. We'll indicate that this has headers. Uh, and you'll see why here, why one of the cool features of tables, the replication of work in a minute. Okay, now we're gonna go ahead and select our column here in column A, we're gonna select our records and we're gonna come over here to the data tab. And from the data tab, we're gonna go ahead and select the data types. And it is right in the middle of the data tab. You'll see this listed here, stocks and geography. And for our first example, we're gonna go ahead and hit the geography button. And Microsoft is also adding additional stuff to uh, these data types. I've seen some of the Wolfram Alpha stuff being added. And also, again, that Power BI feature is gonna be added. And we'll probably come back and re revisit this in a CPE Today podcast soon uh, as some of these additional data types are being added here. But for right now, let's go ahead and take a look at the geography one. Now, you know that your data turned into a geography type because it's going to have this little cool looking map guy. And if you hover over it and then click it, you'll get the total amount of information that's being stored. So in this particular case, we selected New Orleans here. We can see that its state is in Louisiana. Its country is the United States. We can see the mayor, the population, uh, the area the latitude, longitude, so on and so forth. And depending on if you selected a city, a state, or a country, you'll see more or less information. There are certain things like consumer price index or um, certain demographic information that are only available at the state or at the country level. Now, the next thing that we can do is once you've selected that geography data type and you've turned it into a geo, you'll notice at the top right of your data, you got this new little icon here then if you click that, what it's going to allow you to do is to create a column for that information. So I could go ahead and create a column for the administration division, in this case, the state or territory. Notice I'm mixing both uh, city uh, in the United States as well as cities in Canada. If we go ahead and click that again, we can see what country they're in. Okay. Or if there's an additional administrative division, sorry, that's not country, but admission, additional administrative division. Well, here in the United States, we have counties, but in uh, Canada, they don't. And in New Orleans, in Louisiana, they actually have parishes. So I'm guessing maybe it doesn't have that information for those. But a good opportunity for you to know when it has that pound field error, just basically says, whatever you're asking me for, I don't have information for it. 
Okay, we can go ahead and go ahead and select here our population and we'll go ahead and see the population of that thing pop up. Let's take a look at our countries. Let's come down a little bit over here. We'll type in country and let's do USA. Let's do New Zealand. Let's go ahead and do UK, Canada, and Mexico. Okay, same thing. We're going to go turn our data into a table. We'll come up here to the data menu, turn it into geography. Again, we can see that's a geotype because the little map guy. And then we're going to go over here. And you'll notice there's a lot more of options available, including things like the armed forces size, agricultural land, birth rate, capital cities, consumer price index, electric power consumption, and more. And so we can go ahead and pull that data out pretty easily. So if you need to find yourself finding data about places, this is a great way to be able to do it. Now, if we click over here to stocks, this will work for any publicly traded thing, both here in the United States as well as abroad. So let's go ahead and turn this into a table. Again, indicating our table has headers. We'll click OK. And now that this is done, we'll come over here to our data type and we're going to select the stocks data type. And in doing so, you'll see it now will extend the ticker to the name of the company as well as the stock exchange as well as the um, trading ticker. Now, if we click the little stock looking guy, we'll see we get the full name of the company where it's traded the last time it was traded. So we'll see, like, for example, how recent this information is, the current price, we'll get the beta, we'll get the min, the max, the 52 week high, the low, the volume, the market capitalization and more. So one of the cool things I think you could use this for is that I think you could probably use this to create some sort of. A tool that could maybe give you the fair market capitalization of your um, portfolio. You know, so at any given time, you can know essentially how much your um, your portfolio is worth. So we'll do our 52-week high. We'll do our 52-week low. Okay. Alrighty, and where's our 52-week low? There we go. Now, one of the really cool things about tables is that they will auto-replicate. So if we happen to have another um, another company listed here, and we were to go ahead and add another uh, company. So let's just say we were going to go ahead and add, um, let me think, what's a good company here? Uh, how about GE? I think GE is there. Okay, there you go. And so we'll see that it'll auto-complete and it will add an additional um uh, an additional line item for that particular company. Okay. And so, uh, again, you can just click that little guy here and you can read everything that is to know about GE. Okay. So as you add additional things in, as you add additional components, like here's Shell Oil, you'll see that it will automatically complete um, and do those additional work. So I didn't have to go and add the price, the 52-week high, low. It just did it for me. So pretty cool in terms of how that would function. All right, so this next um, function I want to talk about here, I'm not going to be able to demonstrate super easily, but maybe we'll come back and revisit this in another podcast soon. But this is the insert data from picture, okay? Now, what this allows you to be able to do using your smartphone, your either iPhone or your Android device running Office 365, what this allows you to do, do is that it allows you to take a picture of a data set, like a spreadsheet um, of some sort, 
And from there, using Microsoft's AI and computer vision capabilities, it will use the picture, it will recognize the text inside of that picture using a technique called optical character recognition, and it will actually create that table of data for you, putting it directly inside of that um, spreadsheet. So, I mean, it's a great way for you to be able to scan something using a, your phone and have it create a spreadsheet from you. Now, I will point out mileage will vary, quality of picture is going to have a huge impact on, on how much of that data actually gets put in. But if the spreadsheet you're working with is fairly printed well. It's got good uh, deep colors on it so you can easily see, you know, the data presented and you take a good picture of it. Um, does a pretty good job, you know. So again, this is an example of where Microsoft is leveraging that AI capabilities. Now, the one bad thing I will say is that it is only supported on the mobile version of Excel. I really wish they would bring in the ability to be able to snap um, a picture, upload it to your computer, and then bring it in through the desktop version of Excel. Uh, but unfortunately, that's just not the, the case there at the moment. Um, so one other technique I can tell you that doesn't get you all the way there, but it'll get you some of the way there. Um, if you're looking to do this strictly on your desktop is that Mike, I'm sorry, not Microsoft, Adobe Acrobat, uh, the pro version. So the full version of Adobe Acrobat, it has the ability to be able to export a, um, PDF into Excel. So if you're looking to try to get that same feature, I will tell you the Microsoft one's better. Uh, this is still going to get you most of the way there. Okay. Now, if you've got your mobile device, you want to give this a go, install the Office 365 uh, apps, including Excel, open up a spreadsheet, go to the data section of the app, choose data from picture, it'll either allow you to upload a picture, uh, you can choose picture from file, or you can just turn on your camera and snap a picture right then and there. So that's how that would work. All right, the next AI capability that we're going to talk about today is going to be Flash Fill, okay? Now, Flash Fill is for pattern recognition, okay? And it's an automation tool inside of Excel. And what Flash Fill allows us to be able to do is it allows us to be able to write a pattern inside of Excel, and then it allows for Excel to be able to continue that pattern and um, complete the work for us. So you can do a lot of things with Flashville, really kind of anything that's meticulous and kind of repetitive work, Excel can go ahead and do this for you. And so you could use Flashville, for example, to separate like names and addresses. Let's say you've got a list of all your customers, your employees, and you have one column with, you know, their name and you want to have a column for first name and a column for last name. Well, guess what? You can use a lot of formulas to make that happen. Left, right, mid, find, and len. Those are the five text formulas I think everybody should know off the top of their head. But Flashville can actually do a lot of that for you. No formulas required. Uh, you could also use it to combine data. So if you've got that first name and last name in two separate columns and you want to make it one column, you can do that. Likewise with address, address one, address two, city, state, zip, you know, like stuff like that. You can go ahead and combine that for you as well. Now, the good news is, is that Flashfill um, will usually generate a preview for you automatically and it will figure out that you're doing something and then try to you know, help you do more of it. Uh, but if it doesn't work out for you, you can go to the data ribbon and then select Flashfill or you can use the shortcut control E and it will um, basically try to recognize something and then continue that pattern for you. Let's go ahead and take a look 
at how FlashFill operates. So again, if you're following along today, you have access to our sample files, go ahead and consider opening this one up and taking a look with us. Alrighty, so here is where we are going to start. Alrighty, and so in this particular file here, we are going to go ahead and start with our data of um, our people as well as their address, city, state, and zip. Okay, so I went to my, let's say, ERP solution, our CRM solution, and I wanted to be able to pull this data out, okay? But when I did it, everything came out in a single spreadsheet with the name and address in one single column. And I want to be able to have a column for first name, a column for last name, and then a column for street, city, state, and zip. Now, traditionally, we would handle this through writing formulas, okay? So over here, I've got a couple uh, in the formulas worksheet here. You can see some of the different formulas that we've written uh, to make this work. So let me zoom in a little bit further over here. So, you know, thankfully our data is pretty well organized. So we've got comma separating these things. And so normally to make this work previously, we'd use left, right, mid, find, and len. And between those five formulas, you can pretty much parse anything out assuming the data is consistent. So here's your mid formula. But you can see here it kind of gets pretty complicated pretty quickly in terms of uh, how you would um, organize this. And I mean, it probably wouldn't be too difficult for me, but for your average uh, Excel user, I could see how this could be really frustrating. Now, to be fair, another technique you might use is you might use a, a feature called text to columns, which is still super useful. That's going to be over here under the data tab, and you would select the text to columns option right here. Okay, and then you could choose how to split this data up. If there's a delimiter, like a comma, a semicolon, a space, a tab, you can do it that way. You can also do it fixed width as well. Either one will work completely sufficiently. Uh, but it'll just depend. I mean, if something's the same width, then fixed width will be fine. But if you got something like a name, you know, doing a fixed width isn't going to work well. And in the interest of completion, you could also do this technique using Power Query, which is going to be a feature we're going to talk about next. But most of us would probably use some sort of formula to be able to split and parse this data. No longer. We don't actually have to do that. We can use Flash Fill. Now, over here under our data worksheet, we're going to go ahead and put in an example. And what we're going to do with Flash Fill is that we're going to give it some different examples of the data that we're looking for. And once it gets an example or two, it'll attempt to continue that pattern for us. So I'm going to type in the word Nancy. And what I'm trying to do here is first name, new column, last name, new column, address, so on and so forth. So we'll type in Nancy. We'll type in Andrew. And here you go. It gave us a little preview. It's saying, oh, Steve, you're separating data out. You probably want to do Andrew, then Jan, then Stephen, then Michael, and so on and so forth. And at this point, all I have to do is hit enter, and it will complete. Okay. We'll come over here to column C and we'll type in Freehafer. And once it sees you starting doing one, it usually gets pretty smart and we'll start to recognize that you're doing more of it. So again, I'm trying, I'm writing the second last name here, which is Sassini. There you go. We're going to come over here. We're going to type in one, two, three Main Street, giving it one example. We'll start to type our second one in here. Look, sure enough, it is going to head and figuring that out. And I want to point out this is not a table. And I also want to point out uh, these are not formulas. If you look in here, this is the actual text. So they're not 
connected to each other, okay? Okay, we could see though that when we are um, doing this, it's gonna start to figure this stuff out pretty well. So we're gonna type in uh, over here, let's do uh, Atlanta. Okay, then we're gonna type in Houston. There we go. We'll come over here, Georgia, Texas. Okay, this one looks like it might need a little bit more. Alrighty, and let's do this one. Make sure I got these lined up correctly. Texas, California, California. Okay, so notice it didn't get this one. We're gonna go over here to the data tab and then we're actually gonna click the button here that says flash fill, okay? And in doing so, it'll try to figure it out for you. Sometimes you have to highlight and give it a couple of examples. All right, one more time. Well, maybe it's having a hard time pulling this one out. That's That sometimes happens. Florida, NY. All right, let's try that one more time. Well, I guess it doesn't want to pull it out. Let's try the zip code. 303 03 Okay, 404-04. Um, yeah, so sometimes it'll pull it out, sometimes it won't. Uh, and in the interest of time here, I'm not going to try to debug it, but I guarantee it's just something something silly that I'm, I'm missing. Um, oh, you know what? Hold on. Duh. It has to be congruent. I didn't realize there was an extra column there. Let's try that one more time. Georgia... Texas. There we go. Well, that's, there's your problem, folks. Okay. It's, we're, let's use this as a learning method. Congruency. It's got to touch. So it's got to be able to be adjacent to the existing cells over here. 80808. There you go. How about that, folks? Sometimes a broken clock is right twice a day. Alrighty, so let me show you the other way around with this. Let's say you've got data and it is broken out and you want to kind of bring it all together. Okay, well, here's an example of Nancy Freehafer here. Okay, and in the interest of time here, I'm just going to go ahead and hit this flash fill and it will continue that pattern. Again, these are not formulas. This is the actual written text. So flash fill, recognize pattern, and it will then continue that pattern for you. Now, the next feature we're going to talk about here, uh, I am uh, just going to talk about because it's such a big feature, we're going to save it for a separate podcast just on its own, and that is Power Query. Okay, Now, Power Query is what we refer to as a ETL component, extract, transform, and load. Okay, now Power Query, in my opinion, is the absolute best feature and function that's been added to Excel in 10 years. Um, I use it for so many different product, uh, so many different projects now. It is an indispensable component of my day-to-day workflow inside of Excel. And I'm telling you right now, if you master this product uh, and you master this feature and function, this is something that will save you, I'm going to say months, if not years of your life in the grand scope of being an Excel user. Uh, if you find yourself doing a lot of data projects where you're transforming data, bringing data from different places, cleaning up data, uh, and making it ready to work inside of Excel, monthly reporting, quarterly reporting, Power Query is going to be a tool for you. It's a tool that you can use for so many different capabilities. 
And with Power Query, you can extract data from literally anywhere, from the web, from other Excel workbooks, from databases, from Power BI. You can get it from your cloud-based ERP solution, QuickBooks, and more. And instead of having to go and run a report from those different solutions and pulling the data down and cleaning up the data and, pro and getting it ready for you to work, Power Query allows you to hook that worksheet directly up to the source and be able to pull down that data directly. Um, and then it has a number of transformation tools inside of it that allow you to split columns. It allows you to concatenate stuff. It allows you to be able to create examples from your existing data. You can have do all different types of formulas with it. And what it does is it ultimately will refer will return clean data to Excel that is ready for your processing. Uh, and I'm telling you, folks, this is going to absolutely revolutionize how you use Excel, and it could save you big time. I mean, it is such an incredible tool to consider. And there are also a number of really, really awesome AI capabilities built into it, um, and tons and tons of automation. It's a huge automation tool, like gigantic automation tool, but there's also some really compelling AI functions, too. You could extract data by example, just give it an example of what you're looking like, looking for, very similar to how we work with um, that flash fill. Uh, you can create columns by examples. If you're creating new data, how you want it to be structured, you just write a couple of examples that will continue. Uh, likewise, you can pull data from the web by example. You can do fuzzy merging, which is the ability to kind of correlate data from disparate sources with some ambiguity built into it. Uh, there's a whole AI section of Power Query if you check out this website here, and it's incredible. We're going to save this because it easily uh, can be its own full podcast. I've taught hours on this tool in multi-hour webinars. So I'm going to save this, but please, if this is a tool that seems interesting to you, check out these websites, and then please uh, stay tuned to CPE Today because we will be doing a podcast on this pretty soon. All right, folks, let's go ahead and have our first review question. Which tool would be the most helpful for pattern recognition in continuing a series here? And to be honest, I think all of these tools in some way or forms can probably be pretty useful. But uh, I think there's one more so than others. Uh, is it Power Query? No, not directly. Power Query can definitely do some of that, but that's not the correct answer here. Is it Data Types? Nope. Uh, is it Insert Data from Picture? Nope. The correct answer here is going to be Flashville. Alrighty, folks, let's go ahead and get back into it and talk about our next product from Microsoft, which is going to be Power BI. So Power BI, if you're not familiar with it, is a business intelligence and reporting tool from Microsoft. In my opinion, again, I'm the one teaching here, so I guess I get to give you my opinion no matter what. It's the best reporting and business intelligence tool in the market. Uh, however, I will point out that's not just solely my opinion. If you look at the Gardner Magic Quadrants on leading tools by category, Power BI consistently is in the upper right quadrant, being a leader as well as being one of the most complete products out there. And it is, I mean, for good reason. I mean, it's an incredible tool that you can use for a lot of different things. You can create tons and tons of different types of reports of all different walks and needs and 
variety of all different types of visualization and insight that is capable here. Uh, but its most direct purpose is for creating interactive dashboards and dynamic reports uh, that ultimately allow users to be able to visualize and understand data better and to gain better insight inside of uh, their data set. Now, Power BI is a lot of things. It is a desktop application. For Windows, I will point out that I'm, I'm sorry for my Mac users present. There is not a Mac equivalent. Uh, it is only going to work on, uh, the desktop version is only going to work on Windows machines. Uh, it is a web service, so you can choose to use this, for example, on your um browser base, which a lot of people do, uh, and good news for Mac users, it'll totally work. I will point out that it's useful on all uh, major modern web browsers, but it certainly is optimized for both uh, Microsoft Edge and Chrome. So if you are a Mac user, you're going to have to use the web version, but it's pretty close. And it is also a mobile app. So if you are on the go, you can get access to your data from there. We've done several episodes on Power BI in the CPTA podcast. So if you're interested in learning more about this tool, go ahead and check it out there. Uh, you can also get started for free. The tool itself, the desktop version of the tool and the base web service, free, F-R-E-E. Just go to powerbi.microsoft.com and you can get started here. Now, Power BI has a lot of AI tools and features built into it, a few of which we're going to go ahead and talk about. Uh, some of these are going to be built into visualization tools. So inside of Power BI, inside of a report, you can create uh, different visualizations that help you understand your data. So there are several AI-driven visual tools, including the key influencers, what's called the decomposition tree, as well as the smart narrative. And then there's also other AI tools built throughout the application as well. Uh, there's this Q&A functionality. Uh, for those of you... Um, that have used the Q&A, it's going to feel very similar to the ideas functionality that we mentioned inside of Excel. Your users can ask questions and get responses, and the application will attempt to pull out what they're looking for from the underlying data. And what's nice is they don't have to be an expert in the information nor the application. All they have to do is just write a question and they'll get an answer. There's also this cognitive tool called AI Insights that will attempt to give you really useful information from your tool that you might not otherwise have recognized. They've got cognitive services and machine learning where you can use their Azure capabilities, Microsoft's cloud component of Azure. You can use the machine learning models that are already pre-built there, and then you can run machine learning against your data. Definitely more of an advanced technique. And they also have a tool for anomalies so that you can detect automatically detect when your data isn't fitting, when, hey, you've got a outlier here and it's affecting your data set. Let's take a look at a couple of these capabilities and try to understand what, what they are and how they're being used. So the first one we're going to take a look at here is our key influencers. And this helps you understand some of the different factors that are driving a metric that you're interested in. Okay, so it will analyze data. It will rank those factors based off of things that you indicate that matter, and then we'll display them as your key influencers. So let's say, for example, if you wanted to figure out something like employee turnover and why people aren't staying with your company, 
what you could do is you could get data coming from your payroll system, data coming from your ERP, Enterprise Resource Planning Solution, data coming from your HR solution and more. Uh, you could figure out, for example, and get a, a list of like the hire date, when they left the company, maybe you had something like how long uh, their contract was for, like whether or not it was for a year on ongoing. Uh, you could, for example, bring in factors like, well, how far away did people live and were they having to commute? You could bring in factors like who their boss was, what part of the company did they work for? Did they work in the operations? Did they work in accounting? Did they work in marketing and more? And Power BI will crunch the data for you and it will attempt to kind of pull out the stuff that might be helpful, might be interesting, and might help you understand where or how your different visualization uh, might, uh, sorry, it will create a visualization that'll help you understand your data in context. Let's take a look at this. Now, I will point out for those of you who bought our course today, uh, or maybe a reason for you to check out our course, there are some sample files also for Power BI that will show you how some of these different uh, visualizations come together. Okay, and so first one here is gonna be our artificial intelligence sample. And we've got a couple of these here. Here's our first one, our key influencers. Okay, now what we have here is for the uh, Concoso sales database, okay? And for the Concoso company, this is a very common, popular sample data set provided by Microsoft. And what we have here is we've got a listing of our uh, people as well as the different opportunities inside of our company, the different jobs. And we want to understand what will motivate a potential opportunity to be won or potentially lost. And we can create, which is kind of nice, a filter here so we can filter between different Outcomes, And so if we wanted to understand what causes an opportunity to be won, we can see it. So what we see here, when the discount goes up by 2%, the likelihood of winning a deal will be 2.76 times more likely. Okay, when the salesperson is Molly Clark, we're 1.52 times more likely. Okay, when we're selling tablets, we're one and a half more times likely. Okay. Um, you know, when we see that the manager is this person, we can see that it's 1.36 times likely, okay? And it'll even create a graph for you. In this case, on average, when the discount increases, the likelihood of win increases, and it'll even create some statistics here for you, but it's doing all that heavy lifting without you really having to do anything or really even know how to do any of the statistics. And if you look over here, Okay, that key analyzer is going to be on the far right. It's next to the Python and the R scripts. You'll see it's uh, this kind of like line looking thing with some uh, uh, with some um, bubbles next to it. And we just drag that over and then we tell it to analyze. In this case, we want it to analyze our status and then explain it by these things. And we pick out the things that are important to us, okay? So by purchase process, by sales owner, by industry, by product, and more. Pretty nifty overall. So this will help you understand why and how things are uh, useful or, or why are happening, why things are happening inside of your application and why are things happening inside of your data. Some other examples of some of the AI capabilities, here's your decomposition tree. Uh, with your decomposition tree, we're really kind of understanding how things go 
from start to finish. So in this particular case here, we can see that we have 29 million in sales opportunities. And then we're seeing it broken down by multiple stages of this. So of those 29 million, 12 million, uh, 12 million were software. Within software, 10 million of it were in design. Out of that, 7.5 million are in North America. But it kind of helps you understand um, if you've ever heard of a tree map visualization, it, this is very similar. It helps you understand how these different pieces fit together. We can also do anomaly detection too. So if we click over here, uh, we could see for those anomalies how and where things will get picked out. Okay, And it will also show us some of the things that might not fit the rest of our data. Uh, and it can go ahead and give you some of those different um, uh, helping you understand some of the outliers. And then you could plug it into a nice little chart graph thing over here to you know, really kind of help you understand when things uh, don't fit the rest of the narrative uh, of your company. Pretty cool. Let's go ahead and talk about our next AI capability inside of Power BI. So we can do machine learning, okay? So if you've listened to the first two episodes of this uh, podcast series, we discussed that most of the AI capabilities that we're seeing in the world today are actually machine learning. And Power BI using Microsoft Azure's machine learning capabilities really harnesses a lot of that and does a lot of that heavy lifting for us. Okay, so we can use pre-trained machine learning algorithms and their modeling to really kind of enhance our data and to make the preparation efforts simpler and easier. And so with these AI insights, uh, we can do this inside of the Power Query Editor. And through the various features of this, uh, we can be able to uh, produce things like sediment analysis, Sediment analysis, if you're not familiar with that, that allows you to be able to analyze text and determine if it's good or bad. You know, So an example of this might be you look at your sales data and then you look at what people are saying about you on social media. So you know, what are they buying versus what are they saying afterwards? And is what they saying good or is it bad? Well, you can do that through sentiment analysis. You can do things like key phrase extraction where you are pulling out keywords that might be relevant to your you know, whatever type of analysis you're looking to do, as well as what type of language they're doing and what's in particular images. That can be really helpful in analyzing photos of people or photos of your product in certain places and, and then understanding, you know, is that good or bad? Now, another capability of Power BI is the smart narratives. Uh, the smart narratives it is a visualization, but it's a text visualization that you can do inside of your reports. And it gives you insights that you can ultimately customize, uh, and it gives you some narration of what the heck you're looking at. And so you can use smart narratives in conjunctions with the traditional charts and graphs to give yourself key takeaways, point out trends, and then you can edit some of the language and format for a specific audience. But it'll give you some of the pre-built stuff and talking points so you don't have to come up with them on your own. And, you know, in something like PowerPoint, it can be really helpful um, because you can actually hook this up live to your PowerPoint. And as your data changes, you're going to always be presenting from the freshest possible position. Uh, so pretty nifty with respect to how the narratives work. And let's go ahead and take a look at how this functions. 
So we're in a sample file here for Power BI. And the smart narratives is going to be this text box over text box over here. Now you might say somebody wrote that. Okay, but in reality, they really didn't. The computer will come up with the terms and the words, and it will ultimately put those in for you. Here's another example. Okay, over here again, it looks like this is just straight up text. If we see here, revenue 72.81 increases and visits increase, both ended between March and April, so on and so forth. But if we click this guy, you'll see these are actually smart visualizations that are coming in and they're being generated dynamically for you so that you actually don't have to write the words yourself. So it's pretty cool uh, in the sense that it will ultimately create the text for you of what you want to, of what you want to write. And it'll give you some stuff that you can consider. Let me click inside of here. Come on. Uh, let me try one more. Oh, man, sometimes getting these things to work the way you want can be frustrating. All right, let's come back one more time. Okay, where this is ultimately going to end up being is it's going to be this smart narratives function here. So I'm highlighting over it. It is on the at the time of the writing here, the second to last row. And all you have to do is just basically click it and then you tell it what you want to analyze and it will produce the written words for you here. And it will ultimately just kind of pull out those key extractable points. But what's really nifty is that, I mean, it, you can customize this to kind of get it exactly the way you want. You can tell it where this data should ultimately come for uh, and how it should ultimately function. But um, it will do that kind of, again, that like heavy lifting analysis for you and prepare those nice summaries. So I think it's pretty cool. It's definitely worth a go. You could put them on the same page here and it's gonna be reading the data on the page or from specific points that you've selected and it'll give your your viewer, um, you know, the takeaways that are use, that are going to be helpful and you can customize this to the audience. So you can click in here and, um, you know, tell it, for example, you know, add some additional context and maybe about the particular customer group, the product line and more. So that's some of the work that you can do with this. Now, the last one for Power BI worth mentioning here is the Q&A function. Again, this is going to be kind of like the insights or the um, ideas function inside of Excel where you can ask questions. Uh, to your data. So this is going to really come in on the web application. It's, I'm not, I'm 99% sure it's not present in the desktop app. It's only once you publish your data to the Power BI service. Uh, but once it's published, you can enable the Q&A functionality, which will allow your users to be able to just ask questions to the data. Um, and then your users can self-service. They can get their own insight to things without you really kind of having to do anything. You know, so you publish your data up there. Once your data is up there and it's available, your users can just go ahead and ask questions uh, to that data set and ultimately get the responses of, of what they're looking for. And just like with the ideas functionality, it will attempt to answer their questions either in like a really specific, like just like giving them a number or it gives them also the ability to be able to create a visualization of their own. 
So I think it's pretty nifty anytime you can let people be able to self-service um, and being able to uh, answer their own questions without really kind of you having to kind of do the work yourself. It will uh, it will just go ahead and answer those questions directly on your on your behalf. So you can add the Q&A feature really kind of anywhere. And let me just go ahead and uh, quickly show you where you would do that. Okay, so I am in the Power BI service. I'm not in the application, but rather in the service itself. Okay, and you'll notice that it is not present in this specific um it's not like its own thing. What you can see though, is that over here in the upper right-hand corner, there's a little Q&A box. And if we click that, it will pop up here and we just go ahead and ask it a question. So uh, let's just pick one of these uh, kind of pre-built questions and you'll notice what's the sum of units by state, okay? And it will attempt to go ahead and answer that question for you. Uh, so let's just say, what is the sum, oops, sum, of let's just say sum of units sometimes i can't write there we go so i just typed in the sum of units here and in this in particular example just gave us a answer for that and now if you're creating a report and you want to add this again it has to be published up to the power bi service and then once it's there, when you edit this particular report, there'll be a button that will say, ask a question. And then you can add that to your actual report itself. And it could be its own thing like it is right here. And you just put it anywhere else that you'd like to see it, see it live. You know, sometimes you can even put it on its own um, report, you know. And by doing so, you know, can isolate that to that one field, make it a little bit more useful for people. Alrighty, folks, let's go ahead and have our next review question, and then we'll briefly talk about Power Automate. We're going to save that for its own episode as well, and then we'll wrap up for the day. Which Power BI AI tool could be helpful to write commentary about your data? Is it Power Query? No, it is not. Is it the Q&A feature? No, it is not. That will answer questions for us, though. Is it the key influencers? No. The correct answer here is going to be our smart narrative. Now, the last thing we're going to go ahead and finish up with today is just a brief discussion about Power Automate. Uh, we've got this in its own series, but just to really kind of talk about some of the major compelling features of what Power Automate can do. Now, Power Automate, if you're not familiar with it, it is what we refer to as a trigger and action tool. Uh, this tool allows us to be able to push data from one system to the other, happening automatically. Uh, it's a really useful integration service so that if we wanted to, for example, uh, connect QuickBooks to Microsoft Excel, to Microsoft Teams, to HubSpot CRM and more, well, we can do that. Data happens in one of these applications and instead of us having to write that data repeatedly, rather, once that uh, data is put into the system, that initiates a workflow that will ultimately allow us to push it to other places. Uh, we call this a trigger in action workflow tool. Trigger can be creating of an invoice, creating of a customer, updating of an invoice, deleting of a customer, anything for that matter. Uh, virtually all the configuration is done on a mobile handset or on a website. It doesn't require a degree in computer science to do effectively. It's something you can just kind of do on your own. 
And it's a really good option for all different types of projects. But I would say if you're getting started exploring options, this is definitely one of the best places to go. And it's a fairly easy tool to understand, and it adds a number of really compelling applications in, uh, of integrations inside of this uh, tool, okay? And you can do all different types of things with it. Uh, Power Automate connects to lots of different services, both Microsoft products and non-Microsoft products, allowing them to share data easily and quickly. Um, so I will tell you, it's particularly good inside of the Microsoft ecosystem. So if you're using 365, you can do that pretty uh, easily in terms of moving data from one application to the other. And they also have some pretty cool templates that you can consider using too. Um, you know, you can do things like approvals, you can do things like uh, business process planning, task management, management of your calendars, contacts, emailing. Uh, one of the things I really like about is this is the fact that they've already pre-built a number of templates uh, for you. Now, Power Automate has a number of AI and automation functionalities in it. Here's a listing of some of them. There's RPA, Robotic Process Automation. Uh, this allows you to kind of have a bot that will watch your workflow, will understand what you do, it will then document what you do and write appropriate code, and then will continue that task repeatedly for you. Okay. There's our AI builder, um, which allows you to find insights on your existing workflow, build a tailored AI model within Power Automate, and then you could present new data to it, help it make decisions about what's supposed to be happening or not happening. And then again, it will continue that workflow repeatedly for you. They even have a tool called their Process Advisor, which allows you to discover where different bottlenecks or inefficiencies exist in your system, and then it will ultimately give you insight on how you can make those different processes more effective. I know this is just a brief overview of Power Automate, but I would encourage you to check out some of the other episodes of CPE today uh, and really um, look at some of the incredible things that Power Automate can bring to your business. Uh, this whole category of product, um, integration platform as a service, is a relatively new category, but I'm so energize knowing with what it can do for you. There's so many different capabilities inside of it. And it's a way of really providing really good automation inside of your business without having a whole bunch of additional headache or work on your part to get it set up. It'll just operate for you. All right, folks, that does bring us to the end of our presentation. Let's have our final review question and then go ahead and wrap up. Which of the following would not be considered a trigger in something like Power Automate or another integration platform as a service tool? Uh, would it be creating a customer record? Nope, that is definitely a trigger. Is it updating of a customer record? Yes, that is also a trigger. Is it deleting of a customer record? Yes, that is a trigger. The correct answer here would be all of the above would be considered a trigger. Trigger is anything that occurs, something happens Go do something somewhere else. So what did we discuss today? Well, we talked a lot about Microsoft Excel, which is an application I know most of you are using, talking about some of the AI capabilities built inside of it, including the ideas capability, power query, the data, um, the data types, um, flash fill, and more. 
we talked about how Power BI can be used uh, with specific visualizations uh, that can help you gain better insight to your data without having you having to do the heavy lifting of that analysis, including the key visualize key visualizers such as the key influencers, the decomposition tree, the smart narratives. We talked about how you can ask questions to your data using the Q and A capabilities and more. And we did a brief introduction, understanding Power Automate and really kind of knowing that as an automation tool, this is incredibly helpful for our businesses, allowing us to build the ability for system A to talk to system B pretty easily without a lot of uh, custom programming to make that work for us. So hopefully you learned something today uh, and you hopefully will walk away with some different tools and techniques that you can implement into your organization. Now, as our final reminder, if you enjoyed today's podcast, why don't you get some credits for watching or listening? Head on over to cpetoday.com, search for our class today. And if you're watching after the fact, all you have to do is complete five quick, simple, easy questions on what we discussed, and you will earn a credit for our class. Okay, and if you're a new watcher or listener to CPE Today, use one free podcast at checkout to make today's class or any other class of your choosing completely free. Consider following us on social media. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and more. You can find us at CPE Today. And you can always enjoy our podcast on your own schedule if you can't make the live recordings, which are Tuesdays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific. Well, you can watch or listen on your own time, YouTube, as well as Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and others. Thank you so much for being in the office with me here today. It's always a pleasure learning with you, and I look forward to seeing you the next time around. Take care.